What is up, everybody? We are back down at Vortex Edge on the 100-yard line. We are podcasting a new setting here, Jim. I like it. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. It works. I got Jim to my left. Further left, we've got Instructor Pete. We're going to talk today about, I think, probably one of Pete's favorite subjects, weapon lights, which... I feel lights like in general. Lights in general. Are Pete's favorite. Lights in general are, are Pete's favorite. And oftentimes I feel like he, as important as the firearm itself. So Could Pete, let's talk, let's talk about lights mm-hmm. in general. Now Mark, Pete and I also talked about this. So I, you know, we both sit down right next to each other. So we kind of concluded that we would stick to mostly pistol. Yeah. For the sake of kind of not being all over the place. There's, you could take this a lot of different directions. Right, yeah. right. So uh, Pete's got a couple, just for reference here, if you're not watching on YouTube, we got a couple of, uh, we got a blue gun and a Glock 19, both with different styles of weapon lights on it. And then, of course, Pete has his handheld, which we might get into later on here. But yeah, so Pete, WMLs, sometimes they're called, weapon-mounted lights, uh, dive on in. Lights are a cr- crucial component, okay, if you want to have a handgun, if you want to use it for self-defense, okay? Before we shoot something, we have to identify it. Um, we teach a lot of home defense classes, and, and light is extremely important, okay? Um, if you want to be a responsible gun owner, it's a really good idea to have some kind of weapon light or handheld light with you. Weapon lights have a lot of advantages, and they have a lot of disadvantages. And I know we're talking about weapon lights, but you can't really talk about weapon lights without handheld lights. I feel like they kind of go together. One's not really a replacement for the other. You know, if you're an average Joe citizen... You know, you could probably get by without having a weapon-mounted light. It's 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 a kind of a nice to have. It's not necessarily a necessity. Okay. Um, probably the biggest thing is in in order for me to light up something, I have to point whatever is attached to this firearm at something before I've identified it. That's a big negative with a handgun, uh, a weapon-mounted light. That's why they're kind of used in conjunction. I could get by my everyday carry. I have just a handheld light. I could if I wanted to. Uh, every day carry a weapon-mounted light, but I would never do this without the handheld. They, they kind of have to go mm-hmm. together. They're easier to shoot, okay? They're a lot easier to manipulate one-handed. You know, I could hold this on somebody uh, one-handed. It's a, it's a lot easier to do with a weapon-mounted light. Um, if I need to shoot fast, if I need to shoot multiple shots, it's definitely an advantage. But everything prior to that is really difficult to do with just a weapon-mounted light. Kind of when you're at that ID standpoint. Right. Yeah, okay. you kind of cringe right. at the idea of maybe being approached by somebody in a dark parking lot or approaching your apartment door at night and not understanding maybe what's over there. And you cringe at the idea of like, well, let me pull out my gun and let just point it at gun. something I'm not sure what it is to identify it first. You don't. You kind of want to isolate those two things, identify, point a gun. Exactly. But this, this forces them to be married when you don't necessarily want them to be. Exactly. We end up in trouble if we identify something and it's not a threat. Well, now I'm pointing a gun at somebody and that's called brandishing. Okay. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a good person, law-abiding citizen, and we want to follow the laws and just generally be a good person. That's where the handheld light comes in. I'd say a crazy turn of events could be that person is also a responsible concealed carry person. They're, They're thinking... Well, who is this guy that is kind of getting near me? Maybe, like you said, it's a little bit dark, whatever. They have some questions. All you're trying to do is ID. Now there's a gun and a light, and then they're yep. like, oh, my gosh, wait. Yep. Yeah. Classic So classic mix I'm not up. trying to knock weapon mounted lights, but there, there's a lot of training that goes with them. Okay? They, they can be an advantage if used in conjunction with a handheld light. 
Uh, one of them is one-handed shooting. Maybe I'm protecting a loved one, okay, and I, I need to uh, get light on something um, in order to identify it. And I only have one hand to use. Uh, weapon mounted light's really useful for that. You know, there, there are other situations. The disadvantage is we can't really use it as a utility light. And I've known police officers that have gotten in trouble with this, okay? Draw their handgun and they're looking for keys, they're looking for something, all right? It's not a utility light. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really a very limited use. I need this to identify somebody right before I shoot them, whereas this, I can use it for just about anything. I can get it out earlier, okay? It's, it's not illegal to point a flashlight on its own at somebody, so... If you want to get into the weapon-mounted light world, you got to understand that you have to use them in conjunction with a handheld light. Well, and I feel you guys talk a lot about not getting yourself in a position to that point where you may have to use your firearm. And it seems like just the regular handheld, you know, could be a big deterrent off the go that you kind of never escalate to that right. other point. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, Pete, so you mentioned that a, a weapon-mounted light might not even be an absolute uh, necessity for, you know, regular, everyday person who's concealed carrying uh, or something along those lines. Now, in that case, then, I mean, we, we pretty much always suggest that anybody have that handheld light on and we probably, you know, you, you get that by this point. But when it comes to the shooting side of things, you know, I, I think that uh, some people who maybe, well, I just, some people might be thinking to themselves, well, shooting, shooting a firearm with a weapon mounted light is so much easier because I can be shining the light. Now, you also mentioned, okay, I can do the one-handed thing if I'm, if my other hand is occupied, but also if I want to have the light on uh, my target, whatever that might be, I can have both hands on the gun while the light is shining at that target. Uh, whereas if now I'm just in the handheld light department, for lack of a better word, now I have even, you know, if everything has been identified and something is happening and I still want that light on my target, uh, now I'm having to shine with my offhand and then with my dominant hand only I'm shooting. Some people might see that as a, as a tremendous disadvantage and almost even a no-go. Um, you know, I know we train a lot of dominant and even non-dominant hand shooting only. Uh, maybe you can go into that a little bit. Well, I, it is. Once you get both hands on the gun, um, it, it's going to be a lot easier, a lot accurate, a lot more accurate. Uh, you're going to be able to shoot faster and precisely. So uh, that is a definite advantage once the shooting has started. You know, and at that point, it, there's nothing saying we can't just stow this in a pocket or even depending on the situation, just drop the light, all right, and then activate the weapon-mounted light. That is definitely a thing. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, a different, there's different ways to activate the light, too. The traditional method uh, is with the support side thumb, just kind of push down, turn the light on. Um, an alternate method that I like, and once again, you need to have a lot of training when you do this, is to actually use on an on a X300 here, you can actually use your trigger finger and push down on the light to activate it. But once again, that's something you really need to practice in dry fire. If you're really new to this, I mean, that's that's something that can really get you into trouble, but it is fast and it is easy to activate it if you had to do it one hand. Pete, how, how might that get you into trouble? Well, I mean, if, if, if you're not, if you just threw it on here and you loaded up your gun and you head to the range and you start doing it for the first time, you get that trigger finger doing things, okay, there is always the potential that you could you know, accidentally get that finger in there a little early, the gun goes off early. So you need to practice it. If done correctly, it's a it's a push down and away mm -hmm. to turn the light on. Okay. I mean it's very deliberate. It's a push down and away. I mean I could I could even do that from the draw pretty quickly. For guys with bigger hands, I don't feel like I have to compromise my grip 
when I do that, okay, um, for me to, to reach down with my support hand to activate the light, I'm kind of compromising my grip a little bit. Either technique works, but you need to practice with that, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. How about practicing then, you know, with just the handheld light? I know we're talking about weapon-mounted lights, but I, you know, I, I think if you're just in the handheld light area and maybe you've decided, well, I don't know if I should have a weapon-mounted light or something like that, how important is it to practice and, and what are you doing as far as utilizing just a handheld light? Well, handheld light, we can, we can do this in dry fire. I've done it before. I've, I've shut the lights off in my basement and just practice this stuff in dry fire. There's a couple different techniques. The one I kind of start people out is, is like a head index. I just kind of index the uh, handheld light right here against my temple and I just shine it like that and that allows me to shoot the gun one-handed like I normally would. It's very consistent to get into. It's very quick to get into. Um, I'm not wrapping hands over here. It's, it's a very intuitive uh, position to get into. I can actually use my elbow to kind of point, shine the light where I want it to go. That's one technique. Uh, if I wanted a little more stability, there's the old school uh, Harry's technique. Uh, once again, this is something you have to practice. Like you don't want to do stuff like this. I see it happen. Oh, this is where your support hand is coming yep. under the fire or your dominant hand. Yep. And yeah, there's the potential as you're bringing that, it could, uh, you could sweep in front of the muzzle if you're not careful. It's kind of nice if I need to shoot around a corner and I'm a right-handed person. Okay. I can't really do that with the light over here, but I can get it around a corner. There's also a technique where, you know, you could, if you have a small enough light, uh, you could kind of meld everything together and kind of like a syringe technique. And now I have like a two-handed grip right there and I have used this before. Okay. okay. Flashlight just being kind of a uh, yep. grasp between your pointer and middle finger on yep. the support hand and it's just kind of all in there. Yeah. So you kind of, that's sort of like you're trying to make the closest thing to a weapon mounted light on a pistol, but doing it with your handheld light. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely kind of mimics that for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, essentially what we've kind of gotten at here though, is that there's a couple of potential combinations and handheld light only, sure, go for it. Handheld light and weapon mounted light simultaneously, great. Weapon mounted light only, not what we'd necessarily recommend. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. What what about how are most of these lights that are weapon mounted connected to the pistol, Pete? There's a couple different ways. Uh, I know Surefire makes two different types of mount. There's a, a X300A model that has kind of a universal adapter. It's got like two buttons you kind of push on and slide off. And then there's the B model that just tightens on. Um, I prefer this model. Um, I found over the years, I think it's a little more, um, if you tighten it on, hand tighten on there, it, it tends to stick to the gun a lot more. Uh, sometimes with students who come through our classes with weapon-mounted lights, we kind of see them getting thrown off the gun because um, oh, wow. they're not attached properly. I, I think this is one of the most solid mounting solutions I've seen. You know, the TLR uh, 7 Alpha over here, the Streamlight one's pretty solid too. I, I do like the hand tightening though. Instead of just the quick latches, I think those tend to, to last a little longer. Mm -hmm. Does a person need to pick a pistol with provisions to accommodate a light? Uh, yes, but honestly, I think most modern firearms now um, really have a light rail already built on them. Um, okay. It's pretty rare you see a, a pistol that's come out in the last 10 years or so that, that doesn't have that provision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then sometimes though, you, it might just be like I know when I got that uh, that TLR seven is is mine that I got. You know, it comes with multiple different adapters for various different types of guns or something like that to try and fit with their trigger guards uh, and the length of the frame and all that stuff. What about uh, lumens or uh, different, I guess, light features like a strobe feature or things like that? Are there 
things like that that a person should consider? There are options out there for strobes. I personally don't like it. Um, I use light to identify things. The secondary advantage of it is it can be kind of a distraction. When we start strobing, it ends up being a distractor to the person you're pointing the light at, and it kind of distracts me. I typically don't like Mm -hmm. strobe features. When I look at any kind of light, I need it to do two things. I need it to turn on, and I need it to turn off. And that's really what I want my switchology to be. Okay, yeah, Um, save the strobes for parties. Right. As far as lumens... Not the weapon-mounted strobe (laughs) light for parties. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, As far as lumens, you know, the last couple of years... They've really come out with more powerful lights. It seems like every time I look six months later, like suddenly my model is outdated and there's a new one. Yeah. Uh, that's a thousand lumen Surefire um, light there. That is that is pretty good. I would say get get as many lumens as you can afford. Okay. You know, this handheld light is only about 250. I think it's really a- adequate, but if they made the same model and the same size for the same cost for a thousand, I would probably grab that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times brighter is a little better. You know, you're going to, you know, when you're shining a light at certain things, you know, maybe you don't want to, especially with a weapon-mounted light, if that's your only option, you don't want to point the gun right at something to identify. So if you can point it at the ground or a ceiling, maybe bounce some light off of something. Uh, If you have more lumens, it allows you to illuminate a larger area without having to actually point the gun at somebody. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. I will will say kind of one of the other administrative things about having a weapon-mounted light is it's uh, it's kind of one of those things where when you decide to do it, it's going to affect other things as well, i.e., your holster probably most notably you know it's it's hard to get a setup if you're going to carry it in a holster maybe pete you're aware of something like this that exists from but from what i've seen uh it's hard to find a holster that would work the one holster with or without the weapon mounted light like you can kind of just take it off the holster still works just fine you can put it on then it still fits in the holster just fine like it seems like especially with those kydex ones you got to get the one for the weapon mounted light and then maybe even you got to get the one without it. That's kind of what I would go with. Unfortunately, if you wanted to do that, you would have to get two holsters. Um, I know there are certain certain Kydex manufacturers now that are that are designing the holster around the light, so it's more of a universal fit for the pistol. So if you had one light, you could actually attach that to different pistols. And then and then you know, like if you had a you know a Glock or you know a Smith and Wesson, you could interchange the two and still use oh, the same okay. holster. But um, every model of holster that I've used with with a weapon light, while it might technically work, it just isn't as secure if you don't have the weapon light attached. Okay. So you kind of have to go go with either or. Yeah. You know, you're either all in or you're not. Right. Yeah. It's it's it it can kind of uh, it can kind of start to have those effects on other things too. Well, anything else though uh, that we should get into about the weapon mount light? I mean, I think that answered any questions that I had. Anything that we missed. Well, there is one more thing. Um, if you shoot a lot and you train a lot with a weapon mount of light, they're going to get dirty, okay? And remember, the point of these things, you get all these lumens, okay? They don't work as well if you have carbon and stuff etched in on, on, on the lens. So a couple little tricks. Um, if you know you're going to shoot a lot that day, just take a little bit of oil, wipe it on the lens, okay? Uh, when you're done shooting, that'll just wipe right off. And if that doesn't work, uh, I use pencil erasers. Do a really good job of keeping the lens clean. This light's actually seen a lot of action, and I actually knew I was going to be on a podcast today, so I actually cleaned my lens yesterday. And pencil erasers do a really good job of getting in there and getting all that crap off that lens, so you can actually use the light as it was designed. Gotcha. Nice. I like of course, that. we're playing around with the blue gun here, which is uh, you know a little bit more comforting to point around in areas too. But if you're going to clean off the front of the lens of your uh, flashlight, please uh, please do note if it's on your gun, 
maybe take it off your gun or at least just be careful of that muzzle because they are very near one another. You know, one other, I guess one other thing I was going to mention, this is kind of maybe a little bit of a gamer thing. Some people put weapon-mounted lights on their guns to get a little bit more forward weight on their pistol with the uh, with the idea that it would help reduce somewhat of like a muzzle rise or something along those lines. Have you seen that? Is that like, uh, is it notable when you put a weapon-mounted light on there on the pistol? You're like, oh, wow, I'm getting less muzzle rise. Or is it kind of... It is a little. I mean, when you add weight to the gun, that's it's going to... St- kind of reduce the recoil. Um, I don't think that in and of itself would be enough to justify going out and getting sure, a weapon-mounted yeah, light. Yeah. I know here at Vortex Edge, a lot of us shoot USPSA, and the carry optics division, I think about two years ago, allowed weapon-mounted lights to be attached. And uh, I just, I was kind of happy because I had a weapon-mounted light on my gun, my work gun, all the time because we train a lot of police officers. We do a lot of low-light training. So now I don't have to take it on and off every time. I just have a, a competition yeah. rig where I just use the same gun for the whole thing. Um, as far as just getting a weapon-mounted light for a recoil reduction advantage, I don't really think it's worth it. Probably, if that's your reasoning, probably not. No. <laughs> if that's your reasoning, we have classes you can take and, and we, can, we can work on some stuff. <laughs> we, can, we can change we your can reasoning. Make you shoot, yeah, we can make you shoot real well without needing that little <laughs> right. bit of weight. Jim, I'm glad you had one more question because I have one more question. So, you know, we're talking about shooting with the light on and practicing, right? If you get used to practicing, if you're only practicing with your, let's say, without the light and you're like, okay, well... I want to put the light on now. Is that going to change, like like your point of impact? Or are you? Is it going to affect your accuracy because now you've kind of changed the balance of the pistol in some way? Oh uh, no, but I would. It really wouldn't. But I, I I guess I wouldn't constantly take the light on or off. Okay, mm-hmm. I would I would just throw it on there and leave it. If you want a weapon mounted light, just go all in on the weapon mounted gotcha. light. Gotcha. I you, wouldn't constantly. You know, it's it's like with any gun. If you keep changing something back and forth, you're going to change these little minute details. Uh, I would just leave it on all the time and just train with it that way. Cool. Cool. I like it. Right on. Now I am out of questions. I'm out of ammo, Jim. <laughs> Me too. Well, yeah, but if anybody has any questions about these things at all for a guy like Pete or any of the instructors down here at Vortex Edge, drop them in the comments, anything like that, and uh, or if there's other topics like this. Maybe, I mean, you know, obviously you see weapon-mounted lights on carbines as well, so that might be another topic we should dive into if you guys are interested. I like it. Let us know. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.